I just think it's funny that, like, Riker's like, okay, so then you hang a left at the third tree, and then you do this, and then you do that, and then you get to Gabriel's camp. And she's like, got it, I'll remember this two weeks from now. Okay, that's funny. Hello and welcome to Hour of the Hundred podcast, brought to you by the Aficionados Podcast Network. My name is Robin Jeffrey. I'm a 25-year-old actor and drama instructor. I like brooding anti-heroes, feminist agendas, and I have way too much knowledge regarding details that no one else remembers. You can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey pretty much everywhere. And our fun fact for this episode is if you could go on to any fictional planet, which planet would you pick? And uh, I'm going to pick this uh, really obscure fictional planet from Lilo and Stitch called ER. Wow. Mm. I wonder where that is. Mm. Hmm, interesting. Sounds uh, exotic. That's what it is. It does! Sci-fi. And my name is Brittany Ray. I'm a 30-year-old journalist from beautiful post-apocalyptic Vancouver, BC. I like badass moms and long naps. I'm on Twitter at Britannia, where I can be found attempting to be interesting and talking about my cat. I'm sure, predictably, I'm going to pick Risa from Star Trek because it's a tropical planet and you get to have fun there. I love that. I would like to I would like to see it. I love that for I, you. I don't want to go for all the weird sex reasons that people go to Ryza, for the record. Though, technically, Ryza was designed by Gene Roddenberry to actually be a gay planet. And then the homophobes who ran Star Trek were like, no. Mm. So, technically, Ryza belongs to the gays. Yeah. So, reclaim it. Thank you. And my name is Samantha Coley. I'm a 27-year-old marketing coordinator and television critic. I'm a senior writer and the social media specialist at Telltale TV. I like over 40s OTPs and making playlists. I'm on Twitter at Sam Casey's where you can find me yelling about television and fangirling middle-aged actresses. I'm also going to pick a Star Trek planet because I, too, am predictable. I know which one you're going to And I'm going to go to Beta Z. I knew it. <laughs> which is where my favorite, uh, current favorite fictional character is from. And, uh, yeah. Oh, pretty. It's a matriarchy. It's very beautiful. They have lots of bodies of water and so many colors. That's all. I, that's all I need to be happy. It's the flowers there. Women, women and the ocean. That's it. And lots of pink. Yeah. There you go. Today we have more to say about episode seven hundred four of the hundred Hesperides. So um, I talked a little bit about the Hesperides um, at the end of last episode, but now that we've gotten some more information about what they meant you know um specifically for this episode um i grabbed some more from the wikipedia page and this is about the garden of the hesperides okay so the garden of the hesperides is harris orchard in the west where either a single apple tree or a grove grows producing golden apples according to the legend when the marriage of zeus and hera took place the different deities came with nuptial presents for the latter and among them the goddess of gaia mm, with branches having having golden apples growing on them as a wedding gift Hera, greatly admiring these, begged of Gaia to plant them in her gardens, which extended as far as Mount Atlas. So basically, the Hesperides guarded the apples. Oh, yeah. Except I did keep reading in the Wikipedia page, and apparently um, they just, like, didn't know what oranges were. So potentially that these golden apples were just oranges! Ha! Oh my god. <laughs> so I thought that was pretty funny. Um, cool. Welcome. I, I really enjoyed this episode. Good! I'm really excited to talk about it. It's very big on world building, just like 702 was. I'm I'm hoping that this show stops with the pattern of bad episode, good episode, bad episode, good episode. Mm-hmm. Although I would rather that than just all bad episodes. So yeah, like, I agree. I don't know. Yeah, you gotta pick your battle there. Um, but yeah, so this episode I really enjoyed and I have a lot of thoughts on. Um, but before we go into that, we're gonna talk about thoughts from listeners, which I grabbed. We have some thoughts from SoundCloud from Elaine Lott. Um, she was saying that Mount Weather was on Monty and Raven was being tortured when the lever got pulled. So we shouldn't put like the whole Mount Weather thing oh, on Raven. Oh, yeah, no, for sure. Oh, I don't think that no, the whole of Mount to. Weather is on Raven at all. I mean, that is 
primarily on Monty, Clark, and Bellamy, mm-hmm. who, like, made that final choice. Yeah. But I think Raven has played a part in all of these, like, big events that are similar to, like, whatever's happening now, mm-hmm. where, like, she's she's experienced enough with contributing to war that this shouldn't be, like, new and devastating to mm-hmm. her in writing. Exactly. Right. She also said that the only time... She she did all the work for us. We didn't have to do this, and we really appreciate it. Raven... The only times that Raven and Indra have been in the same general vicinity was in 209 and from 609 onwards. So, 209 is Remember Me, right? With the poisoning? Uh, I guess so. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, right? Yeah, because yeah, 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 yeah. them going to... Yeah, on oh. DC... I know. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah, just proving right. that I remember parts of this show that I <laughs> oh. actually enjoyed. But she said, yeah, they're pretty much complete strangers, and so are Murphy and Octavia, Raven and Octavia, etc. And it's bizarre. I, I was like, never thought about the fact that they don't know Octavia. Yeah. Well, they they were all in the camp yeah, but together. Like, years ago. Yeah. True, that has been, like, six years for them now, yeah. huh? Maybe, pre- Even maybe seven, or seven or eight. Oh, my maybe. gosh. Yeah. The last point that she wanted to make was in the part where... Raven, like, Murphy tells Raven to get in there and help, and Raven says that she's just, and Murphy says that he'll do her job. She says that she's not just turning dials, she's controlling the flow of coolant. One mistake and interrupted by Murphy barfing. So yeah, Raven wasn't being selfish here. I'm gonna, I'm, I, I, I'm gonna argue this one, I think. Okay. Because, yes, she was, she was working on the flow of the coolant, but she spent the whole episode saying to them that she couldn't lower the pressure of the coolant, she couldn't do anything with the coolant. So, like, she's just standing there lying right like am i wrong like i really feel like murphy could have done her job she could have spent like three seconds explaining to him or something and then she could have gone in there i don't know i'm still yeah i'm still definitely not on raven's side on on that episode you had a good thought last night when we were watching the new episode Mm -hmm. about this moment and like how it sort of called Mm -hmm. back to season one when uh on the art when kane was gonna kill all those people for his like motion to go through so that they could save oxygen Mm -hmm. and he was just gonna make the decision and do it yeah but then if they had just asked for volunteers which they end up doing with abby's video consequentially people would have just volunteered to help because it's a dire situation and they want to help out of the goodness of their hearts but but they did ask for volunteers and no one wanted to do it so obviously you're in a different group of people than you were back on the ark that's so true yeah. everyone who was good died that day right <laughs> yeah r.i.p barrett died <laughs> Pour one out for him. We miss you, Tor Lemkin. <laughs> I hope his daughter's doing okay. Me too. Yeah. What was her name, Reese? Where are you, Reese? Yeah, Reese, yeah. yeah. Um, and then we got two emails that I think I clipped down a little bit, but um, here they are. We got one from Rhonda. She said, she's been trying to give Jordan the benefit of the doubt just because he was raised alone on a big empty ship, which leads to his naivete in the real world. Mm -hmm. But she's beginning to wonder about him. She says, I feel like he's trying to keep a foot in both Sanctum Society and Sky Cruise Society, trying to be the broker of peace. His father and poor forgotten Harper were. Alas, he isn't doing either of them well, and eventually he's going to have to pick a side. Mm -hmm. I think that's correct. I I agree. She said, I would love it if the nuclear reaction actor was just a tool to remove Raven from her self-installed pedestal, but I feel it is going to come back. Jason has a thing for using nukes to destroy planets. He sure does. If it does come back, perhaps as a way to knock off most of the people in Sanctum, please don't destroy the form- farmhouse. I kind of like it. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Uh, Murphy, thank you for delivering a deserving welcome to the world of Grey to Raven, though it really should be welcome back. That has yeah. been long overdue. Uh, also, I'm so sad they killed Hatch. I could see Murphy and Hatch becoming drinking buddies and the two of them keeping Sanctum on its toes. 
I might have to create that in a fanfic. <laughs> That's cute. I like that. I respect it. Lastly, I know you guys already said it, but I find fault with Gaia burying her past with Clark's. I understand the need to do so, but this was about Clark losing both her parents and starting a new life without them. I guess it could be argued that putting the flame there could also be her saying goodbye to Alexa as well, but it just felt like an intrusion to me. I agree. It felt really weird. Mm -hmm. It was like tacked on and I was like, but that's not what, okay, you're just deflating the moment. Yeah. And like all of the weight that it had. Mm -hmm. I think they were probably just trying to create yet another moment between Clark and Gaia. Mm -hmm. yep. And I'm confused mostly. <laughs> um, as usual, I enjoy hearing your perspective. Can't wait for next podcast. Thank you, Rhonda. Thank you. I appreciate your emails. And we got another email from Alex who said, hey guys, first of all, I love you. Aww. Oh my god. I've been listening for as long as I can remember and completely get why some of you are choosing not to watch. I look forward to the pod every week after the episode to get some hilarious commentary and some insight on things I might not have picked up on. That's so nice. Thank you. you Robin is doffing her cap and yeah. I don't, I can't support it. But. I realized that um, you can't see me, but I just, I, I'm tipping tipping a, a, a imaginary hat to you. Like many people, I'm already incredibly disappointed with the first three episodes of this season. The Sanctum storyline has no weight to it and the only interesting part of the season so far has been episode two which began to explore the anomaly i'm glad that people are on, are like with us on this right and episode three was by far one of the worst of the series and i've been sitting here trying to figure out what the purpose of it was especially bringing in a recycled nuclear reactor storyline as we all predict these two major storylines will merge at some point this season mm -hmm. first of all hi this episode <laughs> And my first theory is that they had to find some random way to get everyone into the anomaly. And what better way than going back to season four and saying, hey, the plan is about to melt us. We gotta go. Which I hope isn't the case, but that's the only reason why this episode could be determined as not filler later on down the season. The unfortunate part of this is that the audience really has no reason to like the prisoners from Allegis or the Sanctum people. Mm -hmm. Having all these groups of people fighting right now just shows how the writers never seem to try and tie up storylines. It's the last season and we would like there to be a focus on all the characters that we actually care about if they are still alive, that is. Yep. One other thing I wanted to comment on is the possible ships this season. The first time I watched the Clark and Gaia scene that no one was really, really paying attention to until the script screen <laughs> came out. I didn't even notice anything. No chemistry or romantic things starting to blossom. I'm as gay as they come and look for gay content and everything, and I didn't feel it. Brittany, that's you. God, oh, me too! I really hope this isn't the endgame pairing for Clark. I love Gaia, but having your lead paired up with someone they've never been involved with prior just seems like Jason is trying to say a big frick you to people who have shipped Clark with other characters that have been around for longer. It's a very classic, like, male showrunner choice to make that we have seen happen over and over again. They take the person that you want to end up with, the person that they've had chemistry with the entire show, and put them with someone else because they don't want you to have what you want. Yeah. And, like, for the record, it's because those male showrunners hate their female fans. Like, mm -hmm. I have seen this happen enough times to know, like, they deeply resent the fact that instead of like focusing on their beautiful amazing plots and i'm like boy that the plot has more holes than swiss cheese <laughs> they they focus on the shipping of the characters and like male showrunners especially resent that yeah huge it's a punishment for not all of them but a well, lot yeah. of them no it's a punishment for them thinking you care about the wrong thing yep mm -hmm. so they're gonna say because you cared didn't care more about my plot you can't have what you want right it's, it's a time honored way to um, really try and reclaim female spaces, which I think fandom, you know, was created by women. It's trying to reclaim it for, like, men who think that the romance is not important. I feel like if you want to be a showrunner in the 2010s, 
you need to be able to accept and embrace every part of fandom. Mm -hmm. And I think we all know and understand, I mean, if you're listening to this podcast, you know that shipping is a huge part of enjoying a TV show. And I don't understand why some people don't know that, like don't understand that. Right, like, do you want people to not care about the relationships that you built? Yeah. I don't get it. I can't imagine not wanting, like, I can't imagine looking at my own property and saying, if people don't enjoy this the way I I want them to, I hate them. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't f***ing imagine that. Something that um, reminds me of that, kind of, is that... Um, John Green, I listened to Hank and John and I've read all of John's books. I'm a really big fan of the Green Brothers. Um, And something that John often says is when he was growing up and in like English classes and everything, he had a real problem with people being like, and what does the blue house represent when in reality the author genuinely just meant it the house is blue, you know? Like, right. that's just what it is. I just picked a, a, a color, you know what I mean? Right. Um, and so he said that his main thing when he's writing books is that people can interpret them however he wants. He doesn't have, like, after the book is published, he has nothing to do with anything. So, for example, at the end of The Fault in Our Stars, you're like, well, what happens, you know? Like, does... Like, is Hazel okay? Does does this happen? Does that happen? Does she ever do this? Does she ever do that? And he's like, I don't know. You're like, that's up to you. you. He's like, I mean, I have, like, my own... He's like, at this point, they're headcanons. Right. <laughs> he's like, I have my own headcanons about what happens, but it's up to you as to what you want to happen next. And so, you know, I sometimes I wish that people would just be like, this is my art. This is the thing I made. I'm putting it out into the world. And however you want to interpret it, that's great. Yeah. You know? And I think that's like one of the things that some showrunners have really learned, like um, Emily Andras, who runs... I hope I pronounced your name, but who runs Winona Earp? Yeah, understands fandom perfectly. I think, mm-hmm. and like really embraces the fact that people watch the show for all sorts of fun reasons because it's supposed to be fun. Yeah. So like, if if for example you're someone who you know wrote something that is like beloved to like millions of people and then all of a sudden you turned around and turned out to be a huge bigot and that text was ruined for people, I want y'all to know that that text belongs to you now. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. You can say Harry Potter. Yeah. JK Rowling. <laughs> I have I have a Harry Potter tattoo and I can still look down at my Harry Potter tattoo and be like, Harry Potter was really important to me and it taught me a lot of really important things. Mm-hmm. And that's why I have this tattoo and it has nothing to do with her. Exactly. Thank you. Um, so Alex goes on, as bleak as this sounds, I've always pictured Clark dying at the end of the series. And this just seems like a weird way to wrap her up to add this possible new romance when she's likely walking towards her death. I honestly agree. Yeah. Like it's as much as I would love a happy ending for Clark, it feels sort of disingenuous to not. And like, if it was done right, I would be down for it. But it feels strange to expect any other ending for Clark that isn't like her finally Her, like, giving her life for her friends and then finally being at peace, Mm -hmm. which is, and then I like your interpretation a lot of, like, what you would like to see Mm -hmm. for the very end. Me. Uh, She's talking to me. Yeah. Which (laughs) is where, um, like, it's years later and there are people, like, telling Clark's story. Yeah. Like, around a campfire or whatever, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, saying, speaking no names... Having no spoilers, but there's a show that I really like. (laughs) Oh my god. And it's, you know, a sci-fi show that this show takes a lot of inspiration from. And at the end of that show, if you've got a main character who's a hero and, like, they, like, 
<laughs> in that show, maybe that exact thing happens where that character dies at the end and is finally at peace and helps save their friends and everything is good again. Mm -hmm. Like, it's weird to me to get to the end of this show, which is so similar. It has such a similar main character. And, like, it's weird to me to think that Clark might not die at the end of the, of the season. You right. know what I mean? Like... It's just like, seems like the natural conclusion, but who's to say? See, I don't like the idea of her dying because I like the idea of her finally getting a shot at happiness and peace when her work is done sort of thing. Like, I absolutely want that for her. But yeah, it's but unrealistic. The show that we're it. watching. Exactly. I doubt is going to be that kind. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, you're right. Alex continues to talk about Echo and Hope. Um, could you imagine the curveball that this would be if Hope and Echo are a thing after five years? I honestly don't see it going this way, but my inner gay heart wouldn't hate it. But Relatable. My, yeah, but my Becco shipper heart is hoping she sticks it out for a great Bellamy reunion at some point. Yeah, this this episode kind of answers some of, some of that. Um, I feel yeah. all of this in my soul. Yeah. These are all the opinions that I share. One last thing. My group of friends do a weekly Zoom while we watch the new episodes. Our big question after this week's episode was taking bets on how many episodes this season goes without Bellamy. We already know from a screener leak that he won't be in at least four. We're thinking nine or ten. What do you guys think? Oh my Dang. god. Dang. Honestly, now that they've ended up on spoilers for Britney, but now that they've ended up on a completely wrong planet. Yeah. And they don't really know how to get to where he is. Yeah. And maybe Wait, really? Only I thought they wound up on the planet he was on. And well, now he'd be like, back, like, next episode. Like, no. Clark? No. no. She knows he's missing now, but she doesn't know where he is. Yeah, and they know where they know where he is, but they, they're just not in the right place. Right. That's all. Oh, um, my God. So, I think 9 or 10 is a good estimate, to be honest. Because it's think? already been... It's already been... Three, I guess, technically, because he was yeah, in the one. first one. So, yeah. But, like, I miss his little face, counts. though. I miss his little face. Okay, so I'm going to say I think he won't be back next week. No. Maybe the week after that, but I'm thinking maybe six or seven. Yeah, I, I'm going to go with closer like a, to Brittany, like yeah, six like or a seven. Full half season. Sure. Half. That sounds good. Um, I don't think he's going to be in the episode you were just saying, though, because next week's episode is called Welcome to Bardo, and the week after that, uh, the episode has been revealed and it's called Nakara, which is the oh. planet well, so that maybe he is they're found. Would he be in next week then maybe if it's Welcome to Bardo? Because oh. that's where he is. Maybe. Right? Supposedly. I don't know. I don't know is the short answer. <laughs> but even if he does show up, there like there's He's no probably not going to be in the next one. So like. right, like even if he does show up, we could still not have him for half the season. Like yeah. he could show up and they'll be like, "Oh, you found him. Take him away. Yeah. <laughs> Take him away for long." You want it? Go get it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So then Alex says, uh, "Love you guys, Alex, who is at Echoes Warrior on Twitter. If Love you want you. to give her a follow, she's so good. Love her." Um. So I split this episode into three parts. Parts, just a small part with the hope flashbacks at the beginning. Then we have all the stuff that happens on Skyring and all the stuff that happens on Sanctum because that's kind of like how it goes like chronologically in time. Yeah. Okay. So I thought that made the most sense. Yes. Okay. So starting with the hope flashbacks. Oh, Brittany, I'm so excited to talk about this. There's so much to talk about. Okay. So we start the episode with tiny 10 year old Hope who has just been left alone after her family was taken. No. It is devastating. The girl, the little girl who plays Hope though is quite good. Yes. Okay. I'm really impressed with her. She is seen gardening, catching jellyfish, sleeping alone and afraid, etc. It is really sad. There is a sad but beautiful song playing over it and it's, you know, sad. Oh no. It's sad. Yeah. She's just little. So a few months later, she's, I think, praying to the Anomaly Stone, 
when she hears the anomaly starting back up and runs toward it thinking it's her family returning. Like, her prayer was answered! This is so sad. But it's the Bardo people bringing a new prisoner down. And this is Dev, and he is real handsome! He's Where's so this guy? handsome! Where'd this guy come from? Oh, so we actually meet Dev. Yeah. Yeah! Oh, cool. Okay, that's me. And he's cute. Okay. I think, like, I was thinking that he, there was some tweets about the fact that he looks like an, uh, a mix between Bellamy and Murphy. Mm. And I thought that was really interesting, but then I went on his IMDb page and I looked at his main headshot and I was like, that man looks exactly like Ben Barnes. I was gonna say Ben Barnes! I was like, wow. Like, but he's a person of color, so you're just like, oh my gosh, cast this man as all of your serious black headcanon. Yes. Like, like, please and thank you. <laughs> I was literally just thinking that exact yeah. thing. So. I don't know who Ben Barnes is. Prince Caspian? They cast... Have you ever seen any uh, Marauders, Marauders cast Ever? N- none of that would stick in my brain. Go pee, I'll pull him up. Yeah, okay, you pull up Ben Barnes and I'll pull up this guy. Would you like the reveal? Yes! Of what this man looks like? Okay, so Sam is now going to show Brittany a picture of Ben Barnes. I don't know who that is. That you, that you That's impossible. You've seen Westworld. He was on Westworld. Who was he on world he played like you know how it was like in the first season there was um jimmy simpson right who yeah. played william oh he was the handsome friend he was bisexual yeah, yeah. yes right that's okay. the only reason i know who okay. that man is, is so that's ben barnes right yeah, 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 yeah tell me this man doesn't look exactly like ben holy barnes. shit <laughs> person of color ben barnes is that guy yeah this guy should be your serious black that yeah. would be dope that's insane yeah that's that's the same person twice i know anyway <laughs> Anyway, he, like, shows up, and he, like, like, and then we get the reveal, and me and Sam are both like, hello? Hi, who are you? (laughs) Um, Okay, so I don't think that the Bardo people knew that Hope was there. No, they definitely did not. Because they wouldn't have left him there. Um, But here's the thing, when we keep talking about, like, the memory capture thing later, it, like, confuses me as to why Octavia and Dio, like, the fact that that Hope is there wouldn't be in their memories, but. Well, if it's. It could have been seconds for them. Yeah. Also. Yeah. They could have brought Dio's and Octavia through and then immediately chucked Dev right. through. Right. That's fair. Yeah, totally. If the time differential is... He has a box of things. What's in there? Obviously, Hope is not trusting of him as for at first, but he's really happy to see her because he knows that he's not alone. Okay. Um, and then I brought up the point that she may never have seen a man before. <laughs> yeah. Like, she knew that they, like, existed because, you know, Bellamy and such. Like, her hearing about Bellamy all the time. And, like, Dioza was educating her about, like, all things that you get educated about. Yeah. So, eight days later, he approaches her in her garden and offers her a peace offering, some seeds, and eats some berries from the front garden, but gets sick. She tried to warn him, but, yeah, he got sick. Oh, no. And so, my next question was, why do you have berries in your garden that you can't eat? But then Sam brought up the fact that, like, like, I... Do we see any animals other than jellyfish here? Like, that would come and, like, try and eat their garden, and then that's, what, like... Well, we haven't seen them, but it logically, to me, makes sense to have these berries along the edge in case a predator shows up. Yeah. And then if the predator eats the poison berries, then you're protected. Right. And also, um, berries, you can dye cloth with it, too. Yeah, they, they do use it for that. Okay, I They're called paint, paint berries. berries. Yeah, yeah, they're called paint berries. So she helps heal him, and now they're bonded for life! Um, Okay, so my next question was, what did he do to get sent here? Um, Because Hope in 702 said it was, like, for lame people only. (laughs) You know, like, everybody on Bardo is trained. So I was like, huh, I wonder why he got sent. But then later Orlando talks about why he got sent. Mm -hmm. 
So we can talk about that later. I'm guessing from not watching it, I'm saying he was some kind of rebel that didn't want to follow the rest of them. Mm. Or something. Who's to say? That's my guess. So he helps her train and her progress is shown by her slowly learning how to throw knives. And also Dev now has longer hair and a gray streak to show that time has passed. Oh my god. (laughs) I mean, what else shows that time has passed? The fact that Shelby Flannery is here now and not a 10 year old. Yeah, 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 yeah. He was sentenced to 10 years, but now he only has two days left. So their plan is to kill the Bardo people and steal their suits to get back. This makes Hope's plan in 702 make more sense because we were wondering why they don't just like reason with them or whatever. Right. But that was her initial plan to get back. With Dev. With Dev. Wait, okay, but can't they, if if his sentence is up, why do they need to kill anyone? They don't. They need to bring Hope so that she can um, be with Octavia and Dioza. She's going in there to be with Octavia and Dioza. And they're not gonna bring hope back with them they're not gonna just take her willingly why not like she doesn't want to be a prisoner yeah she wants to be Uh, able to like go in and like do the things you know she wants to be a bellamy lovejoy (laughs) in that weather you know okay um when the people come dev attacks but hope hesitates and dev gets stabbed and hope has to leave him behind because she hesitated oh no so he gets hurt and she has to leave him behind so um the people come in and they say something's wrong he's not here check the cabin so they definitely know about the cabin okay yeah. obviously they saw it when they came for like octavia and diosa and such and when they come back it's called absolution day also he has like this weird he like pulls the pin of this weird bomb thing and it kind of like knocks everybody out okay yeah he does it to save hope because he gets stabbed and realizes that it's too late okay uh, and like pulls this like flashbang bomb to knock all the all of the people out and it looked i couldn't tell if it was on him or if it was on the like person who showed up i think it was on the person who showed up but then later when they use it again and then rushes at hope to like keep her yeah getting hit by i thought i thought that it was on them but now that i'm thinking about it when they do it again later like it's like they like threw it you know so now i'm not sure and one of my other questions was that um the reason why hope was able to tell that the body that she saw in 702 was dev is because he had like this friendship bracelet or like something on him Mm -hmm. and i thought that in this flashback we would get like, a shot of that or something, so that that, like, made sense or whatever. I think that if that is the case, that it was, like, cut or something, though, because in the flashbacks, like, as she's training, she's, like, wearing that, and I think that, I don't know, Octavia gave it to her or something, and maybe she, like, gave it to him, so that, like, I, I don't know, but. Why would they cut that? Well, like, we don't ever I don't see, know. like, the, the passage of that person. Yeah. Okay. Um, so it's, like, since we haven't seen that, if I'm not putting, like, that much thought into it, I don't know how she told, how she could tell it was him. Maybe, right like, that, she you know? knew where he died, though? No. Well, the guy, well, uh, Orlando's moved them everywhere. You oh, know? that's yeah. right. Orlando puts the guy in his little, uh, yeah. tea party. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's that for that. It's just a small little thing, and then we move on to what actually, like, this is all within the first, like, eight minutes. Oh, wow, okay. And then, and then everything else happens. Robin. So this was the eight minutes you enjoyed the most? Um, it was pretty good. Yeah, yeah, it was a pretty good episode all around, to be honest. The stuff on Skyring is also really good. Yeah. And, like, the stuff that Raven figures out is also good. Yeah. Oh, no, I just assumed because this is a plot line that you both liked that you probably enjoyed this one the most. Yes, and I also like flashbacks. Yeah. Yeah. So before we move on, I just wanted to remind you guys that we have four other podcasts. 
We have podcasts for Riverdale, Lost, Stranger Things, and Picard. So um, feel free to check those out if you would like to. We have like a backlog of so many episodes of podcasts. If you want to hear more from us uh, and hear us speak a little bit more. um, I mean, this episode is pretty positive, but more positively about shows in general. You can go check that out. I am not a grumpy bitch on the Picard podcast. No. No. And we we have a lot of fun on the Riverdale one. Yeah. I love that podcast. And our last one is spoiler free until the spoiler section at the end. So if you want to watch Lost for the first time on in quarantine, it's on Amazon Prime and Hulu, then you can. And we also have guests over there. So that is super fun. <laughs> Anyone listening to this in the future is going to be like, oh, this was this time in human history. Yeah, yeah. We were all locked up. Mm-hmm. Also, we want to talk to you about Patreon. Patreon is a service in which you can donate to some of your favorite creators. We have a Patreon. It's patreon.com slash and um, if you help us out with $1 a month, you can get early access to all of our podcasts. This one in particular is at least one day. Mm-hmm. Um, other ones that aren't weekly podcasts go out a week in advance. So if that's worth it to you, we really appreciate your help. For people who help us out with $5 and up, you can get 10% off at shopbelux.com, which is me and Brittany's small business. Brittany makes really incredible resin art, um, and I make fandom embroideries. I have several of the hundred designs currently um Clark Bellamy Raven Murphy Octavia and Dioza and Monty and Jasper are coming soon um so check that out and I also do commissions so (laughs) hit me up but if like Patreon isn't your thing and you don't want to do something monthly just hitting us up on shopbelux.com and like buying something you actually get to keep that might be more worth it for you so if you're into that, that's cool. If you can't donate at all that's also cool. Tell a friend about our podcast instead. I cannot emphasize enough how important it is like for our podcast to get out there like we don't have a whole lot of reviews on on apple podcasts which is kind of how podcasts like get up in the search results and how how you know they get out to people on the charts and stuff so we really do rely on your guys's recommendations and uh we would really appreciate it if you guys would recommend this podcast or any of our podcasts to a friend if you know that one of your friends likes stranger things there you go you know yeah Thank you. Now we're going to talk about Skyring. All right, so we head back into this storyline right where we left off with Orlando running away. They're going to try to get him to be their friend and join them so they can go through the anomaly in five years. Okay. Dev's sentence was 10 years and Orlando has been here a while, so I wonder if the average customary sentence is 10 years. I would assume it's 10 years because... I think so. And I don't think there's like anything really in between because when Orlando tells us what he did, it's very minimal. Yeah. So I assume that it's like... 10 years. It, you know, it, it, actually thinking about it, it kind of reminds me of like, you do anything, you're floated. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? It's like there is no in between. All co- crimes are capital crimes. Yeah. But basically Hope says that she's done this before so she knows what to do. Like she's been like with Dev before and so she knows that she can do the same thing with Orlando. And hopefully this time, like it worked last time she was able to go to Bardo through the anomaly. Oh, I see. Uh, do the same thing as in attack the people who come in. Yeah. Gotcha. And get Orlando to want to help. Okay. Um, so three months later, they work in the garden and just try to get Orlando to want to be a part of their, like, little family. Mm-hmm. Um, she mentions that the poison berries are called paint berries, which I mentioned before. Gabriel finds a rock with an H on it, and he thinks, oh, it stands for hope. But then Hope's like, I'm gonna have a real quick flashback. And it's, like, it's interesting because, like, there's, there's, like, the flashbacks with her and Dev happening at the beginning. And then this one little flashback that I'm like, this seems a little out of place, but okay. Okay. She basically, she has a flashback with her time 
of her time with Octavia. Yeah. They planted Hercules roses, which Hope mispronounces as Hercules. That's um, how my sister pronounces it when we were kids. And still mispronounces it. Like, when Echo sees it, she's like, oh, the Hercules roses. And she's like, um, it's Hercules. My my mom changed it to Hercules. So I guess... <laughs> That's her- Hercules. Hercules. So I guess Octavia just, like, never corrected her or something. I don't know. That's adorable. And Octavia writes Hesperides on a rock and... They talk about how they are three maidens, which is like them, mm-hmm. Hope, Dioza, and Octavia. And they're guarding a garden and they're protecting the golden apple that Hercules stole. Um, and it makes sense that Octavia would know things about Greek mythology because, duh, basically Bellamy like taught her all about it. She's yep. she's named for Greek a Greek myth, so it's very, it's very Blake. Yes. yes. So back in the present, as much as present can be, um, Hope is inside, but Echo stays by the garden. She gives the plants powdered jellyfish and tells them that it's better than Monty's algae. That's cute. It's very sweet because then she like looks up to the sky and is like, sorry, Monty. And you're like, ah, I forgot Monty was dead for a second. Like just one beautiful second. Yeah. Um, so Orlando approaches saying that he found some pumpkin seeds and he got them in sor- in some sort of like canister. And when Dev offered Hope seeds in, like, when he came, it was also in this sort of, like, canister thing. So that kind of makes me think that maybe those canisters and other things that are, like, really important to survive are maybe in, like, the box that Dev brought out, maybe? Like, that's what I'm thinking. So he says, but he did say, I found some seeds. I'm like, did you find them or did you have them? (laughs) Like, I don't know. So Orlando says that Hope likes pumpkins, but we still don't really know how he knows so much about her. Like, still, even after this episode, yeah. we're not really sure how he knows so much. Because, like, Dev died after that. Like, it's not like Dev can, like, go in and say that. Like, that's why I'm a little confused. Because a little bit later, they talk about, like, memory capture and everything. And they talk about how Octavia and Dioza both went through it. And so my question about, like, why they didn't know that Hope was there if they had the memories from Octavia and Dioza. Mm-hmm. And so it's, like, like... So my question was, like, maybe they know that she likes pumpkins because they got it from Octavia or Dioza's memory. Yeah. But then it's, like, if there's a disparity there with, like, how they would know things and how they wouldn't know things. So I'm just confused about that, I guess. Okay. Echo tells Orlando that he can plant them for her, um, but he does a really bad job because he just, like, pours a lot in. I'm, like, me and Sam were, like, pumpkins are very big. Yeah, like, they are, like, oh, <laughs> like, dear. You're putting them all right beside each other. Gabriel comes up from behind and accidentally scares him, so he bumps into the tomato plant and he runs away. Oh, okay. Well, you know how scary it is to bump into a tomato plant. Yeah. Well, that's not the thing. That's not the thing that was scary. <laughs> I think I'm funny. So they decide to use Hope as bait because he seems to be really weird about her. Um, Hope pretends to drown in the lake trying to get to Bardo. Orlando hears her from his chess game and comes running and saves her. Okay. So Echo and Gabriel come out from the trees like, oh my god, thank you! You're a hero! And Orlando says that the only way to get back to Bardo is on his absolution day in four years. And Echo says that when the Bardo people come back, they're gonna kill her and Gabriel and Hope. And Orlando says that he won't let that happen and Hope hugs him like, thank you, oh amazing one! They're basically just like, manipulating him at this point. Yeah, I was like, okay, this sounds like they're really gassing him up here. Yeah. My last note about that scene was just that he must smell so bad. Oh, ew. Just so bad. I'm out. Yeah. That night, the four of them are having dinner. Hope makes a jellyfish dish that Dioza used to make. Gabriel brings up the fact that she was a Navy SEAL and also a terrorist. Right. Hope didn't know about the terrorist part. (gasps) Because Dioza left when she was 10. Oh my god, I didn't even think about that. And so Gabriel tries to make her feel better and says that she was a freedom fighter, not a terrorist. And I'm like, well, um, honestly, I want more backstory into this, though. Yeah. Like, what was she doing? Because yeah. if she's fighting against something like the Trump administration, 
Who's to say? Yeah, yeah. So Hope asks Orlando about the symbols on his face. Okay, here we go. Okay, here okay, we go. Okay, okay. So he has 12 symbols on his face, which means he's a level 12, mm-hmm. which is a really big deal. Like 12 is the highest that you can get. Dev had seven symbols. Okay. And it seems like he was the only other person that's been there since for some reason, because Orlando says like the last guy and like the last time or whatever. So I guess like it's been like hundreds of years since they sent Dev there, but he's the like, I guess the rules are not broken very often, which is why like there was never any prisoner there for the 10 years that Octavia and Dioza were also there. Okay. I don't know if I 100% follow this. What is confusing? Uh, the timeline. So basically like they send prisoners there, right? Mm-hmm. But it seems like, but there was no prisoner there the entire time that Octavia were, and Dioza were there. Yeah. Okay. That was, then, then that was 10 years, right? Yes, because okay. Hope was 10. Okay. And then Dev was there for another 10 years with Hope. Okay. Then Hope leaves and lots and lots and lots and lots of time happens. And then including like the five years that Orlando was there by himself. Yes. And then the five years that Orlando had Hope, Echo, and Gabriel. Okay. Okay. So I guess prisoners are sent there really infrequently. Yeah. So you have to... Because there was no one there the entire 10 yeah. years that... Okay. You know? I see what you're saying. I and, see what you're saying. And that makes sense because Bardo, like, time goes so fast. Like, because time goes so fast in Skyring mm-hmm. that, like, if somebody made a mistake every, like, month, then that would be, like, hundreds of years on, on Bardo. Oh, that's a good point. You know what I mean? Okay, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that makes really... That makes sense. Depending on the time difference to between Bardo and Skyring, because yeah. we also don't know how that compares mm-hmm. versus how each of them compare to I have done math on how like the time disparity in Sanctum versus Skyring. I did some math and I put that you, in my notes somewhere. You do be loving that math. I do. And I took a picture later of when we see like the map of where all of them are. Mm-hmm. I don't know where the black hole is in like reference to that. I don't know if like the writers would have done like like done that much math on it you know what I mean Mm -hmm. like if they would actually care that much but yeah Hope says that she feels responsible for Dev's death and Orlando promises that he will bury him Ooh, yeah that was that was a sweet moment Uh uh-huh so that's nice so Orlando starts talking a little bit about the shepherd who I guess is different from the master oh because they talked about the master in 702 so I don't know what the difference between the shepherd and the master is. Yeah. Um, Gabriel asks if the shepherd was on Allegis 3, but Orlando says not to say his name because he's like a god or whatever and Gabriel hasn't done the work or something. I'm, I don't know. Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's something like taking the, your master's name in vain or something. Like, it's weird. Yeah. Oh, okay. It, he's, he's it's just like, like calling him Voldemort instead of the Dark Lord. Oh, I see. Whatever, okay. Except Gabriel hasn't been given like a alternative name to say. Gotcha. Know? Okay. Right, like, that's the only name we know him by. Yeah. Um, the reason why he was locked up was that he went against law number four of the shepherd, and the law was honor the day of rest to be efficient the rest of the week. And he didn't want to rest, which is why he yeah. came here. You really willing to not rest for one day and then hang out for ten years? Like, you have to rest for the next ten years? Like, hopefully when, like... <laughs> me when I socialize? When our people, like, come in or whatever, hopefully they'll, it'll be on the day of rest. And then they won't have any problems. Okay. (laughs) Like, does everybody have, like, a different day of rest? Or, like, genuinely, like, every Sunday, everything is shut down? Like, I don't know. Right. I mean, I'm pretty sure that is how it is. 
Huh? Like, some places really do shut down on Sundays. Yeah, I, I'm just wondering if that's what this place is doing. Probably. Um, my next question was, which rule did Dev disobey? We don't know any of the other laws, so I don't know, but that's just a question I have. Based I, on Dev's personality, what would you say it was? Uh, well, I don't know any of the other rules, so I don't know. Like, based on Dev's personality and his willingness to help Hope, like, become a fighter... I'd say he did something more serious than not resting. Yeah, probably, yeah. Okay. Although they he they both got 10 years. So, yeah. So, like, that's the only amount like, there of might, time that we rest. know of. Yeah. So, like, maybe the offenses are the same, like, level of intensity, but, like, I feel like he did something... I don't know. I just feel like it's more rebellious than not resting. And you never know if Orlando is saying, oh, I didn't rest on the... Yeah, like you said, I, I, don't, I didn't rest, but in reality, it was like, I wasn't resting because I was setting ablaze the whole building. <laughs> <laughs> or, like, whatever, you know? So, Orlando leaves because he realizes that if Dioza was in the Navy, which Gabriel in said... She right. she would have taught Hope to swim. Oh, duh. So now he knows that they tricked him. Oh. Yeah, so he Oh, leaves. no. How does he know what a Navy SEAL is? Like, wasn't that an Earth thing? Yeah, but well, they they're all from Earth. Earth. They probably yeah. learned Earth history. Uh, like Earth skills or something? Yeah. I think they would learn all of Earth history. Yeah, I don't know. It just seems like such a, like, strict society that, like, this shepherd or whatever would want, like to completely erase Earth history and start his own history. You know what I mean? Well, no one said that the SEALs would be the heroes in those. If it's a military-industrial yeah, sure. complex, it could be that, you know, they were painted as the villains. Sure. Um. So there will be a, a secret 13th level, right? 100%. Like, right? Yes. Yes. Yes, yeah. yes. It's this show. Yeah. Which, I'm like, maybe the Shepherd and the Master are on, are the 13th level or whatever, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's, like, completely unattainable for anybody else, but... So, a while later, Hope, Echo, and Gabriel are playing some sort of training game outside, and Gabriel is not very good at it. Um, Embarrassing. It's very cute, actually. I love that... I love their new, like, dynamic. I'm so confused about, like, this little squad. Like, the fact that Gabriel's even there. Yeah. But he's great. He's such a good addition, I feel like. I know he is. I'm just, like... It's just so odd. Mm -hmm. So Orlando finds them and Echo challenges him to fight. If he wins, he can keep the cabin. And if she wins, he will help train them. And so he says, why would I help train you guys to kill my people? And Echo says oh. that they're going to kill his people anyway. So the question is, will he die with them? And, okay, that, Echo. and that foreshadowing is not great. <laughs> oh, no. Um, but either way, he wins the fight. And so now they have to sleep outside. Wait, seriously? He won? Yeah, he's a level 12. Oh my god. Yeah. So that night they are sleeping outside and Hope throws some powder into the fire. I don't, is it the powder jellyfish? It's powder jellyfish. Okay. It's the jellyfish powder. Um, into the fire to make it turn blue, which reminded me of season three? When they yeah. threw, like, those leaves in the fire to turn yeah. it green. Mm -hmm. yeah. Oh, yeah. They talk about the memory capture device that Bardo has. She says that it's not torture unless you fight it, which apparently Octavia and Dioza both did. Oh, no. So my question is, did they still get the info from them, though? Like, if they fought it, do they still get the memories or no? Also, does she say it's, like, memory capture as in, like, stealing your memories? Or is it memory capture? I think it's recording. Recording? That would make sense. Like, we're, yeah. like... I think it's recording, but I think we're going like to- downloading them, maybe? Yeah, yeah. we're going to see it next episode, though, because Octavia's in, oh, the, yeah, she's like in the trailer. she's, like, strapped to that thing. But it's it's interesting, like, how do you fight it, and, like, what does fighting it cause, and, yeah. like, you know? Because mm -hmm. later, when the guy is talking to Clark about it, he says that she 
if like she can either answer his questions or wake up in a machine that will get all the answers from her anyway. Oh yeah. Or something like that. Which is probably the same thing. Yeah. And so like my question is like, do they still get the info? Because if they got the info, then they would know that Hope is there, but also they know that Hope likes pumpkins. <laughs> I think they know Hope is there. It's just that maybe when she was a child, they didn't consider her a threat. Yeah. Well, Brittany, yeah, because Brittany said that, like, time might be so different that, like, by the time they got those memories out of Dioza and Octavia, that Hope was already gone. Yeah. It could also be that they fought it to protect her. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But, I mean, yeah, but the question is, did they still get the info or not? Right. Yeah. MCAP kind of seems like the mind drives. Um, not like the chip, but, like, the actual mind drives. Mm -hmm. uh, that... Gabriel found in Colin's head, like mm -hmm. the original ones. Echo assumes Bellamy would also fight the the MCAP. Uh, yeah. and she's she's really afraid to lose him. Gabriel says that a year for them is only a few days for him. And I don't know how he would know unless like Orlando told them, but probably not, like how the time disparity is on Bardo. But I did the math on what Sanctum to Skyring is. So I basically did like Octavia was right behind Dioza when she went in, and that was three months. Mm -hmm. So I decided to make it easy for myself. Five seconds equals three months. Okay. Okay? So if we're talking ten years, this is from Sanctum to from Sanctum to Skyring, mm -hmm. not from Skyring to Bardo, then you're gonna go ten years is times twelve, which is 120 months, mm -hmm. divided by three, which is how many five seconds it's going to be. So that's 40. 40 times five seconds, 200 seconds. Divided by 60, that's three and a bit minutes. So 10 years is three and a bit minutes on, on Sanctum. Sanctum. That's insane. Yeah. So, so like it had been, time must be slower on Bardo, mm -hmm. even if it's still faster than yeah. Sanctum. Because Gabriel said a year for them is only a few days for him. And so I did the math on that and a year on Skyring is 20 seconds on Sanctum. Oh my God. So that's, so on Bardo, that would be a few days, but I, but, I'm not going to take this as gospel, though, because how would Gabriel know this? You know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to do the huge math on that because... For Bardo. Before, like, the Bardo stuff, because I don't think he actually knows. Well, does he learn it from Orlando? This is before they're even friends with Orlando. Oh, okay. Yeah. So Hope says goodnight to Echo and Gabriel and then yells goodnight to Orlando as well. Well, that's cute. Within the next few days, Gabriel enters the cabin with some vegetables, interrupting Orlando's prayer. Okay, so in the prayer... He mentions that the shepherd saved them from the fire that consumed the earth. The shepherd is Cadigan! Ow! Oh my god. The fire. He what? Really, he really says those exact words. He says, okay, here, I wrote it down. In the shadow of the shepherd for all mankind, he saved us from the fire that consumed the earth. In the light of the shepherd, but then he gets um, interrupted. Interrupted. So there's in the shadow of the shepherd, blah, blah, blah. In the light of the shepherd, something else. Mm -hmm. Who knows? But either way... Cadigan, like in the second dawn, he had he had a secret thirteenth level, right? Right. Yeah, and he had twelve levels of his like. Yeah, he, I'm pretty sure he even used the words level. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, maybe he did use the word. I want to say he used the word disciples. Like, I need to go back and right. check, but I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Oh my god. And so maybe this thirteenth level let went to space. Just like the Ark did, but came all the way over here to Bardo. Like we thought the 13th level went into the bunker, mm -hmm. but that bunker looked untouched yeah. in the entire time that like- There were know? no bodies. Yeah. Like there were- And no, there were no bodies, There right. were no bodies in it. Like, and you assume that like Cadigan burned Becca at the stake and mm -hmm. like all of that as, as like the power struggle. But 
I'm not opposed to that being retconned as not being them or whatever and yeah. just being like regular grounders. Yeah. And this 13th level have having gone to gone to space. Yeah. I, I need to go back and rewatch the like Cadigan's speech or whatever yeah. when he's like talking about like at the, the beginning end of, the of world. season 4 when Jaha was showing it to yeah. Bellark. Yeah. yeah. Wait, okay. So so this 13th level is it possible that all the plebs went into the bunker and the 13th level went to space? Well, the, well all that the plebs that, went into the false bunker that they found at the beginning and oh, there were bodies right, all over that right. thing. Yeah. That and they died immediately. Like they died within days. So someone Cadigan lied to them. Someone on Twitter <laughs> why why have a that bunker and then the false bunker and then go to space. What's that about? He just wanted to make sure he got the people. He wanted the people that he But like, wh- why build a whole other bunker? Well, if in he has the four. if he has the OG like the bunker that our people go into, that's his backup. Like, yeah, that, like if he can't get to space or something. or something. I don't know. We aren't, we're making this up, but yeah. Is it possible that this is a plot hole? Yes. Okay. Oh, for sure, but I'm hoping that they're like, "What? Yeah, that was his backup. I'd be okay with that because this is cool." Yeah, like I'm fine with it being retconned because uh, plot, it's Riverdale. Yeah, gotcha, gotcha. There's like a really major it's Riverdale moment, I feel, <laughs> yes. in this episode. Um, if people find that it's not actually Riverdale, uh, I will respect that. Okay. But um, I thought it was pretty Riverdale when I saw it. But so there's this symbol for Bardo that we see multiple times in the episode. Each of the planets in this sort of like solar system type thing, there are six of them and they each have like a symbol, Okay. The symbol for Bardo looks like this. It's kind of like it's a phoenix, you know, rising from the ashes, you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. like they will like rise from the military. Oh, interesting. Yeah, because somebody noticed that it looked like something else upside down. Oh my god, let me see that. Like it looks exactly like the second dawn logo, just turned just upside turned down. upside down, and then add some phoenix stuff. But from the ashes we will rise, right? Like that was the it's so that was like that was the second dawn. Oh yeah, because if you flip it upside down, it looks like the second dawn burning. Oh, it does. I love this! Shout out to the art department. Yeah. yeah. It this does. so good. Like, it's subtle enough that if you're not looking for it, you, you won't, won't catch yeah. it. Yeah. But if you're looking for it, it looks so cool! It's good job, art department. <laughs> um, yeah, so, yes. So, Gabriel tells Orlando to eat the vegetables, assessing his health and what needs what he needs to do to be healthy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Gabriel doctor, question mark? He says that he is a doctor. I thought he was a scientist, but I guess he was, like, both because he did also, like, help wrestle with the people, like, raising the people and changing the mind drive and stuff. So, I guess he's both. He's, he's very capable, I guess. Okay. Uh-huh. Orlando says that more people will, sent, will be sent to get him because of what happened with Dev. Gabriel tries to relate to him. They all come from Earth, and he knows what it's like to worship false gods. Because Um, of Russell. Because of Russell. Also himself. Yeah, and he was talking about how people on Earth always worshipped false gods as well. And I was like, what an interesting take (laughs) for, like, you know, just religion and life, I guess. But I I also think because he brought up Earth and false gods on Earth, that's another tie into Cadigan, right? Yes. Okay. Hello. Okay, 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 okay. So the three of them, uh, this is like later, Hope, Echo, and Gabriel are all like running and like racing outside because they're bored and all they can really do is train. They're just trying to run fast. Orlando- <laughs> you being so bored, that's all you well, can do. Ugh. No, I think they're training to be a certain speed. Like, yeah. Hope needs them to like run a certain distance at a certain speed for like when they storm Bardo yeah. or whatever. Because they get done and Hope says, we're still not fast enough. Orlando comes out and says that he'll help them as long as they don't kill any of the disciples because Orlando knows them. Okay. And I thought that was interesting. I think that that 
tells us more about Dev than it does about Orlando because Dev was totally willing to just kill his people. Yes. Yeah. And maybe, you know, he spent 10 years instead of just five years with them or whatever, with Hope or whatever. But, like, clearly our hypothesis about him doing something more... He's also less dedicated because he's, you said he's only level 7, right? Yeah, that's true, yeah. So he's less dedicated than Orlando because Orlando's level 12. So uh-huh. he's, like, even more... True. Of a true believer. I wonder if the level 12s are, like, the people who bring in, like, the people to Skyring or whatever. And maybe that's why he, like, knew them specifically. Because he was, they were, like, his co-workers or something. Because when they do come, they say um, that they think it's weird. Like, knowing Orlando, he should be here. If if this is Cadigan and he's, like, immortal now, would, do you think some of the level 12s may also have been immortal, like, immortalized, maybe? Maybe. And, like, the rest of the people are, like, descendants of the original? original people he left earth with kind of like the primes kind of yeah yeah maybe so i don't even know how cadigan would be immortal like i thought yeah unless i mean like it had becca's mind drive technology right oh true right right yeah like he seems like the kind of guy who would like co-opt that for himself right to make himself immortal even before the primes that makes interesting and yeah okay yeah that's my uh math that i did about 10 years only being about three minutes how did hope get the letters on her face before like when she came to and like stabbed octavia i was gonna go in and check to see how many she had on her face but i think it was a lot at that time it was yeah it was like you get six on your forehead and three on each cheek which makes 12 so yeah sam's gonna look up uh how many hope had on her face when she came in at the end of last season. He says that he's going to train them to be disciples in four years and eight months. What? It looks like 12. Four, four years I think she's and eight got months. Oh, those are numbers. I think she's got three on each cheek and then six on her forehead. Yeah. Yeah. So she's either, like, but it, it gets, like, washed off, right? Like, I thought they were, like, tattoos, but it clearly, like, gets washed no, off. It looks like it's pen. Well, the, well, devs look like... And Devs and Orlando's look like tattoos. Right, and they so they paint but them on get... just to make the make it like make them uh, blend in. Yeah. Gotcha. Wait, she's got No, she's got 13. There's seven on her. <gasps> yeah! Let me see, let me see. Hello? There's seven on her. One, head two, three, four, three four, five. Oh my god! She has thirteen on her so She has thirteen on her face. So what what exactly does that mean? You're there's only supposed to be twelve levels. And if you have the amount like the amount of symbols that you have on your face is what level you are. Yeah, and so there's only supposed to be 12, and we're like, there's going to be a secret 13th level. And then what happens? She's got 13 okay, on her face. But how does Hope get to the 13th level? That's the question. We don't know yet. Because she, like, forgot, or, because she remembered everything when she got to Skyring again, right? But she just hasn't right. said? Well, maybe she has to get to the planet with the 13th level in order to remember being in the 13th level. Uh, sure. <laughs> that seems like real science. Yeah, it's, the, 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 the memory thing is weird. Yes. Because there are more memory questions that I have about the whole memory thing uh, in the Sanctum story. I agree. I also have more questions. Ooh, we figured something out. So, does 13 levels imply 13 planets, or does that... No, no. It's so the level, level of discipleship. Yeah. It's like 13 so hope, stations, so, yeah. 13 levels of... So Hope drank the thing. Kool-Aid. Not necessarily. It could be like a... It could be a disguise. Yeah. Like, she has 13 because she knows about 13, and she, like, is trying to trick everybody at the highest level. Gotcha. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, four years later, there's only one day left on Orlando's timer. This is... This happened fast. He's painting symbols on Hope's face, which parallels to Dev, because he did the same thing to her. She has reached level 12. He doesn't say that he's, like, putting it on their face just because, like, just to make them look like they're in level 12. He says that they, like, 
they trained and they deserve to be in level 12 now. Yeah. Okay. And that they're very determined and he wishes that the people he trained were always as determined. So I guess maybe when you get to a certain level, I don't know, 10, I don't know, I'm guessing. Like that's when you start being like a trainee. And then if you're like good enough at that, then you go to like 11 or something like that. Maybe. But it feels like 12 is too important to just be training people. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay, so they have a map of level 7 of Bardo, okay? Okay. I think that it's level 7 because it's season 7, probably. Oh, duh. So the, they so. have a map of level 7, it's not... So it's, they, yes, they have a map of level 7, and then there's like a legend kind of in the corner that tells you what all 12 levels are. Oh, I thought... I thought level seven was just a particular spot on the map that we have, not- I think- I thought they were like, like, kind of like Mount Weather, like, when- like, what was it? Level three or level- like, what level- level five, I think, was the- The like, dorms. The dorms or whatever, um, in Mount Weather, but like, I thought it was kind of like that where they were like floors, because, you know, living quarters, living quarters, like, I think they're all floors. Unless it's, like, very laid out, like, all over well, the planet. Well, it just seemed to me that, like, there was more, like, if each one was a level, it didn't seem to me, it seemed to me like there were more than one of those on our map. Mm -hmm. Well, level seven is the MCAP, and, right. um, in the, oh, crap, I didn't take care of, I didn't take a picture of the whole thing. But, like, over here it says level seven, so I guess But, like, here, up here it says stuff about the bridge. Which is level two. Yeah. Conductor. I don't know. Either way, we get a whole list of the layout of Bardo, and there are seven, like, or there are 12 numbers. Yes. Whether they're floors or sections or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, and somebody, we, we tried to get as many as we could, but somebody on Twitter grabbed all of it. Oh my god. So okay. I appreciate them. Champ. Okay, so level one. Well, I don't want to say level. Because level one is confusing because level is the, like, type of person you are. Right. So, number one, arbor, it's arboretum or arbor, it's, like, it, the word arbor makes me think it's probably, like, plants and, like, food and stuff. Well, that would make sense because doesn't it also say oxygen? Oxygen plant. Yeah. So that's one. Two is the stone room slash bridge. So that one definitely has, like, the anomaly stone the anomaly in it. anomaly stone and how you get to the, yeah. to through it. Three okay. is living quarters levels one to six. So that's probably like kids <laughs> who who haven't done anything. Yeah. Uh, oh, wait, no. Am I anyway? Levels one to six live on three. Four is living quarters for levels seven to twelve. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that's everybody else who's like higher up. Number five is the galley slash mess hall. Mm -hmm. Okay. Number six is training slash adolescent with the pre pre ads. So adolescents, I don't know if the teenage, I assume those are teenagers. Teens and preteens. I assume that the teenagers, I don't know if they live on level one or if they like live there. I don't know. But and then in pre-adolescents, so like genuine children. Okay. Seven is the ministry slash MCAP. I don't know why I was right. those was are put together. Ministry. It was ministry, yeah. Uh -huh. I don't know why um, those two things are put together because ministry makes me feel like it's like a religious thing mm -hmm. and MCAP doesn't really seem like a religious well, thing. Well, maybe they use they use the memory capture to make turn people into believers. Sure. So they're ministering to Ah, like the ministry is because they're going to show like Cadigan's memories and that's how you'll like believe in everything. They'll be like, look, this is a genuine memory of the world ending. That right. would be so cool. Yeah, sure. So we'll say that. Number eight is cryo slash labs, and then in parentheses, shepherd. So I'm thinking the shepherd is in cryo. 
Yeah, I was like, do they just have Cadigan's body just like Wait, so it says Cryo Labs slash Shepherd? Cryo slash Labs in parentheses Shepherd. 100%. His body is just there. Or or not in parentheses, it's like circled. Oh, okay. And then we've got Cell Block 1 at 9 and Cell Block 2 at 10, but Cell Block 1 is circled. Hmm. So that's probably where Dioza and Octavia are, or and Bellamy maybe? Yeah, maybe. He probably knows where Octavia and Dioza are. Also, what if Cadigan just extends his life by never actually, like, going to sleep? Yeah. He just puts himself in cryo, so he saves himself, mm-hmm. like, 12 hours a day. Yeah. I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be, uh, I wouldn't be surprised. Or, like, he comes out of cryo once every, like, 12 years or something. Yeah. And they're like, ah! Oh! So the number 11 is lab one, which is systems and maintenance. Mm-hmm. And then 12 is lab two, which is power plant. And then I assume there is also a secret 13th section yes. <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> but who's to say? So that's that. And when that came up on screen, me and Sam were like, um! We paused it and like went <laughs> through it and we're like, squint, squint. Like, yeah. this is crazy. Yeah. So more importantly, everyone has had haircuts. Including Orlando, who looks great now. He cleans up good. I'm like, who did, I don't know who cuts the hair, but they did a really good job on his. And I don't know how they got hair bleach, but it looks like Hope has had some. Also, (laughs) we have changed our stance on Echo's haircut. Yes. I was against against it. And I I do still prefer the long hair, Mm -hmm. just because that's my preference. But it looks good. Yeah. Okay. Uh, A few of you, when we said it in the trailer, were like, hey... I like it. And I'm like, hey, you do you. And now, you know what? I've switched. Yeah. I like it. Now that we've seen it, like, in motion, when she, like, actually wears it, it's, I like it now. It's very flattering. Yeah. I like it now. So she can keep it. (laughs) So Orlando says that Dev would be proud of Hope. And that Orlando certainly is proud of her. Aww. Echo gets the symbols on her face as well. And Gabriel has also, like, become a level 12, but he's eating right now, so... He's busy. So he's busy. Um, and Echo says that she can never eat the night before battle. And Orlando says that he wouldn't know. So I guess he's never been in battle. Yeah. And Echo says that it must be really hard training for something that may never come. So I guess they train for, like, this war that they're talking about. They train for the war to end all wars. Mm -hmm. But it may never happen before they die or whatever. Right. It seems like it's probably happening now, though. Yeah. Seems pretty counterintuitive, but okay. Yeah. Um, They tell him to come back to Sanctum with them, but he knows that that place sucks and he doesn't want to go. Yeah. I think he uh, has the right instinct there. So their plan is to tie up Orlando to make it seem like he's a hostage And then knock out the Bardo disciples. Like, they don't want to kill him. Like, kill them because he knows them and friends. He's friends with them. So when they come, they say, Master Orlando, time for your absolution. So he's a master, I assume, because he's level 12. Mm Okay. They think it's really weird that he's not there because they know him and they know that he would be there if it was him. So then they attack them with the weird bomb thing. So that's why I'm a little confused about, like, who has that and who... Because it seems like they just kind of, like, throw it at them. And, like, where did they get one? Like, Echo, Hope, and Gabriel, like, I they mean? may have built one. Yeah, who knows. But either way, it just knocks them out. Uh, but Hope ends up killing one of them because they don't get- Because um, she doesn't get knocked out. Okay. So Hope has to kill her. And um, they're like, we're really sorry. Like, I had to. And so Echo opens the helmet of the one that was killed. And Orlando recognizes her and cries. Oh, no! Um, and so now that that has happened, Echo assumes that Orlando won't help them on the other side. Like, he doesn't say that because he's tied up, but Echo assumes that. Yeah. And Echo decides to kill all of the other disciples so that there are no witnesses. That seems a little extreme. Well, I get it. Mm-hmm. 
because the way he reacts is very telling. Yeah. He's really, really upset. Okay. Like, he's he starts crying, basically. Like, he may have, like gone up in levels like with these people as like like as a child maybe even you know okay mm-hmm. like he like this girl potentially had been like one of his actual friends and they like became level 12s together as they grew up i'm right. making that up but like he seems that upset right okay but it's like it's if this were any other show i would be like ah oh, yes this is very sad she did she did this very bad thing to this mm-hmm. nice man who we just met. But I'm also like, because this is the hundred and the hundred has taught me to like not get invested in people that show up for a day. I'm like, all right, do what you got to do. Go, go get your friends. Yeah. Okay. She basically is like, I have to save Bellamy. And if this guy's going to, like all these people and this guy is going to prevent me from saving Bellamy, then I'm going to do what needs to be done. Okay. So anyway, Echo and Hope, like, have a moment where they're just like, thank you so much for, like, helping me and saving me or whatever. But Echo is still ultimately like, I have to go find Bellamy. So we're getting, you know, Becco is still on. Okay. Gabriel and Hope seem really upset about this plan. Um, Gabriel reminds Echo that he's just supposed to, like, pretend to be their hostage. Like, they can literally just have him as a hostage, like, you know, yeah. if if need be. And Echo says that that is what's best. Um, she walks up to Orlando and everyone's like, oh my god, oh my god, don't kill him, please. And But she doesn't. She just gives him a knife to cut himself free. After they've gone. Uh, and um, they each put on suits and they leave him. Oh, okay. Like, he could be here alone for years and years and years. Yeah. And they leave him and they go into the anomaly and they leave him. Okay. Um, and that's that storyline. All right. I want to know how the technology works that the, like, with the timers in the arms. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Like, what is that? Mm-hmm. Very interesting. You'll never get that answer. Ah. Well, probably not. No. But, <laughs> but who's to say? So, Sanctum storyline. A bunch of our friends surround the body of a bardo person. They got it from the forest when Echo, Hope, and Gabriel killed a bunch of them in 701. Right. Uh, my next question was, I don't know who was out there and found it, but whatever. Um, but Gaia says that Probably it was- someone chucking a baby into the orchard <laughs> grove or whatever. Here's what I think, though. Gaia says that the guy who, or the person who found it were, they were foragers. And I think that maybe this was a deleted scene from last episode. Oh. Because, um- in the trailer podcast, I said that um, a girl that I was on set with back in Alberta, she was cast in an episode of The Hundred, and I went and looked, and it said that she was cast last episode as a forager, and I was like, girl, there weren't any foragers last episode, <laughs> that makes no sense, I couldn't find her, I didn't know, and so I assumed that she was one of these foragers, and it was probably last episode, and it was a l- deleted scene. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's what I think. That's a shame. that. Another one of my qualms with the episode before and this one is they feel extremely disjointed aside from Raven's, like, trauma. Mm-hmm. But, which is why I wish, like, scenes like the one we were assuming happened had been in it mm-hmm. because it would have felt more connected because we get this first scene on Sanctum and I'm like, does where- anyone else feel confused? Yeah. Like, I don't know how we got here. Yeah. And it's just like, what about literally everything that just happened? Like, we were just talking about this place sitting on a nuclear reactor. Does no one want to talk about that? Mm -hmm. Does no one want to explain? Yeah. Murphy and Moria are like, we're busy. (laughs) Right. So, um, like, the foragers, like, bring this one person and I guess just leaves the other two. Right. Sure. So then they talk about how there are bullet holes in them and how Bellamy was the only one who had the gun, so it must have been Bellamy. And I guess that Echo, Echo definitely had it at the beginning of 701. So maybe Bellamy got snatched and Echo, like, picked it up or, like, he gave it to her in the hut or something. I don't know. But either way, Echo definitely had a gun. Okay. So mm. so do we see her shoot them? 
Yeah, remember? Because she has to shoot through Roan. Right. So they, but the, but our crew assumes that Bellamy is the one who Yeah, that is Bellamy, because okay. he was the only one that had a gun. So they try to get the helmet off, but it doesn't budge. Guy is going to just smash it, but Clark says they need it. So they'll ask Raven to look at it. You know, they're like, we can't figure something out. Mm, let's ask Raven. Let's call Raven. She She's the only science. one that knows anything about anything. So some freaking random dude runs in. <laughs> well, I mean, Jordan's with him, but still, it's very random. And he tells Clark that there's a guy outside the sonar fence. In this show, it's not a sonar fence, but that's what they call it on Lost. And I don't remember what this one's called, <laughs> so I'm just going to keep calling it the sonar fence. You're valid. That is asking for her specifically by name. And... So, like, I wonder if maybe it's, like, Bellamy and Octavia asking for her or something, like, back on Bardo. I'm not sure. But either way, they know about her. So, Clark goes to Raven, and she's hanging out at the reactor where bad things happened last episode. And Clark notices her really beat-up face and tells her that what she did was right and good. And I don't know if I agree, but okay. Okay. It makes sense to me, coming from Clark. Like, I wish this had been more built up, like, over several episodes or, like, an entire season or something to, like, get Raven to understand Clark or something. I don't know. It's just very strange to me. But Clark's reaction and what Clark says to Raven make complete sense to me because Clark has had to tell herself this. Yeah. A hundred times, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it reminds me of in season one when they choose who dies instead of asking for volunteers. And she's like, you didn't kill those people. And I'm like... Well, I mean, you lied to them telling it, them it was safe, though. Exactly. So, yeah. like, yeah, I don't, I still don't feel great about that morally. Um, so the crew go out there, including this random dude who should not be allowed to be in this scene. Like, he's <laughs> still here. Like, it's like all main characters that we know, and then this one random guy. Red shirt. Um, so the guy outside of the fence is a bald guy named Captain Meredith. He doesn't say that's his name, but I looked it up on IMDb. Oh, okay. Figure it out, Baldo. Yeah. So Clark immediately pulls a gun on him, so that's a good way to be peaceful. Yeah, what else is new? Um, He says that her people have killed a bunch of his people, and he wants the body that they have back. I mean, in Clark's defense, this guy did not come to mess around. This is totally fair and also totally happens in season five of Lost. When they take- they take- a body, and then some lovely man named Richard <laughs> shows up outside of the fence and is just like, can I have it? Can I have it back? I need that. Yeah. So, that's that. Four more disciples appear out of thin air. What? And he says that they are disciples of a greater truth. Don't know what that means, but sure, that's sure, what they sure, are. Sure. He wants to bring Clark to Bardo because their leader thinks that she's the key to winning the last war mankind will ever wage. So this is the war that Orlando has been talking about. Orlando has been training for his whole life and she's the key to winning it, apparently. But like, why? I don't know. But for why? Like, in my, like, if I had to make anything up, it would be like Bellamy's there and it's just like, you need to bring Clark because she's important and good, you know? Like, I can't do this without Clark or like, whatever. I think that... It has something to do with, like, her friends that are already there. Right. Talking about it. Um, and Miller's like, hey, no, you can't take Clark. And Clark's like, no, it's fine. I'll go. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Clark's like, whatever. I'm used to sacrificing myself. Yeah. Um, she's like, yeah, I want my friends back first, though. And he says that he will retrieve them and that he'll- they'll be at the bridge. So that's where the anomaly stone is. Like, he'll- he'll retrieve them and he'll bring them back. Okay. However, when we get there, they are not there. So I have questions about that. Oh, so he lied. I- or, like, who knows? I Like, I don't know about that. So um, she's like, okay, we'll meet you there. And he says, he tells her not to dilly-dally because time moves faster for her people and every second counts. Okay. Yeah. So, but at that point, he either does not know about the people who are still on Skyring mm-hmm. or 
the people from Skyring are on Bardo. Yeah. So time must still move faster on Bardo than it does on Sanctum, but slower than Skyring. Because the five years they were on there was only is only like a minute a minute and a half yeah. on Sanctum. So definitely, like this has hap- has taken up more than a minute and a half. You know, like yeah. once they got to Bardo, time started moving slower, but we don't know how slow. But either way. This guy clearly knows a lot because later he knows about the people that Echo and Gabriel and Hope killed on Skyring. Mm-hmm. So it's really confusing as to what this man does and does not know and why. So I guess that'll be explained later. So later, Raven is joined by Jordan in her little lab thing. She's having a really hard time getting the helmet off of the person. Jordan reminisces about when they first met and worked together on the ship at the beginning of season six. I don't really know why. Like, to remind Raven of who she was before she killed those people? Maybe. It was weird. Because that's kind of what it's what her storyline is about right now. So, like, I, I, I don't really know why he did that. But then she apologizes for not coming back for him sooner last season. And I was like, okay. <laughs> honestly, honestly okay. to me, it's, it's very, like, it, it just makes her feel more guilty. Yeah. Because she's just like, he's just like, Hey, remember when you like remembered me as a person? And she's like, "I'm no. sorry." Yeah, that we. <laughs> Who <forgot."> are you? <laughs> Wait, literally, they did. It's so awkward. And like Raven knows has probably spent such a small amount of time with Jordan. She's like, "I like you," <laughs> <laughs> like she is to Indra for some reason. So when she finally gets the helmet off, she opens it and she sees Hatch, who has radiation burns all over his face, but it's just a hallucination. Oh, okay. Because she keeps saying that she sees their faces a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a normal girl inside, and she has the symbols on her face. I see at least ten when I when I counted. Uh-huh. At least ten, but she was, like, at a different angle, so I don't know. Either way, right. she's, she's definitely lo- around level ten. Okay. Clark shows up and tells Raven that they're meeting Captain Meredith at Gabriel's camp, so if she figures out anything about it, Raven interrupts her saying that she'll just meet them out there. How does she know where Gabriel's camp is? <laughs> she says, Riker told me. How did, Ri- How did Riker know How that? did Riker know where it was? It's Riverdale. This is the most It's Riverdale moment. If Riker knew where Gabriel's camp was, then he could have stopped all of last season from happening. Okay. Well, you know how Riker was like, I can't make a decision to save anyone's life. Like, I vaguely remember Riker saying that he, like, maybe at some point he said, like, oh, I, I, like, maybe he went there because he was having, like, second thoughts or something. Like, I vaguely remember something like that happening. So if that's true, then fine. But, uh-huh. like, why he would tell Raven? Right. It's Riverdale. <laughs> and you know what? If he did, like, tell her last season, like, told her to her to his face, or to her face, I take it back. Please let me know. Mm. But I still have a hard time believing that she would just, like, remember directions in a forest. Right. But also, you know? if Raven had that information the whole time. Yeah. They Not, could... like, the whole time, but at the very end or something. There, there was so much they could have done with that information. Up to and including finding Clark and Bellamy when they were missing. Yeah. I just think it's funny that, like, Riker's like, okay, so then you hang a left at the third tree, and then you do this, and then you do that, and then you get to Gabriel's camp. And she's like, got it. I'll remember this two weeks from now. Okay, that's funny. You know, for sure I will. So Raven and Jordan try to figure out how the helmet makes the wearer invisible. And she realizes that she needs to put the helmet on. And when she does, she sees everything! And it's so heckin' cool! It's so cool. So she turns to Jordan, and the helmet has no information on Jordan. Like, it had information on Echo and Gabriel and Hope and Clark, but it doesn't have any information on Jordan. Mm -hmm. 
Why does it have the information on Clark, though? I assume memory extraction from, like, Bellamy or Octavia. I guess, yeah. yeah. Okay. Whatever. I think it has to be Bellamy or Octavia, because when she does ask about Clark, it says that her alias is Juanheta, right? But, like, and I don't think Dioza would, would know they that. choose Juanheta? Yeah, that's she, very odd. I don't know. Okay. So, one of the symbols that was on the girl's face on the screen is on the screen. So, Raven selects that one. And so, I was wondering if, like, maybe that was, like, the level that she was. And that's, like, her clearance or whatever. You know okay. what I mean? Like, if you're yeah, a certain yeah. level, then you can, like, click on, like, that level and you, like, that's how much information you have clearance to or something. Yeah, maybe. So, Raven sees, like, the galaxy that they're in. There are six planets and each of the planets are connected by a wormhole. It's so cool. Yeah. It's so cool looking. And my next question was, if there are so many planets, why does Bardo have the monopoly on penance? You know, like, I'm just wondering why, like, this planet or this planet or this planet doesn't, like, like, why does Bardo, why is Bardo the only one who gets to, like, claim penance as their own? Right. Well, considering penance moves so much slower, I'm assuming no one really cares. Or so much faster. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I guess that's right, because, um, I mean, it's clear that, like, Nakara, that they end up at the end of the episode, is, like, pretty barren as well. Like, do the, do, do people on Sanctum and Bardo are, are, like, the only ones that people, like, really live on? I don't know. And, like, Sanctum is, like, stupid and didn't know about it. Like, did, did Elijah send people to every planet? I and, like, think so. certain things happened where, like, only some of them evolved or not? Yeah. Like, maybe the people who got to Penance in the first place lived their lives out and died well we know who who lived only one person lived on penance remember because there was a crash so like he got there lived his life and died Uh uh-huh so yeah i guess the people from bardo like figured out the bridge as well obviously and then claimed it maybe sure or no Um, one's tried to fight them for it yet they know things about clark they know clark griffin they know that she was called one hedda they have a photo of her (laughs) from season three yeah they need to, she needs to be renditioned to Bardo. She's considered armed and extremely dangerous. And basically Raven's like, okay, well, she's a target. And so she's going to go and like warn Clark about what's happening. Yeah. Okay. So this is interesting. This is interesting. Yeah. I have some pictures that I took of it that we can kind of look at. So like, these are the six uh, symbols here. Mm-hmm. So we've got this one that kind of looks like a phoenix, and that's Bardo. Okay. This one that kind of looks like, it's like, it kind of reminds me of, like, a astronaut helmet, but I don't think that's what it is. Okay, <laughs> let me see it. See? Oh, that yeah, second yeah, yeah, one there? Yeah, yeah, That, so we've got Bardo and Penance, and then we have um, this one on the far left that kind of looks like a ribbon or something. I don't know I want to see what you're talking about. I don't know what these have to do with, like, the actual planets. This is Penance. How do we know that's Penance? When Raven's looking, like, later in the episode, when she's looking at, like, the six, like, in the oh, little graph. The ring. It has a ring, so that's Penance. That one is. It looks like the anomaly stone, kind of. Yeah, maybe. And then this one over here that looks kind of like a ribbon, that one is Nakara. That's the one that Raven chooses to go to. Okay. Then I think, I can't remember which it's one of these. It's interesting that the first three look like DNA strands. Yeah. Because then we have this other one that kind of looks like, what's that thing? From Star Wars. The Death Star? Yeah, that has like a little <laughs> like thing. It looks like a mechanical eyeball to me. Yeah. Oh, Ooh, it does look that like makes more sense. Death Star. That's the one that's offline. Oh. She says that one of them is offline. It's red. She can't choose it. Um, so that one's offline. So, I don't know why. Yeah, I know. It's so exciting. <gasps> Wait, why is, why is you'll that? You'll see, you'll see, you'll see. It's at the end. So, um, those are the, the symbols. And then this is kind of like picture of like when she sees the wormholes and everything. And, um. Wait, how did Monty miss all of that? 
I don't know. It's well, he didn't have access up. to that file, Brittany. They didn't come up with this plot until this season. But that's fine. That's fine. It's a cool plot. But I noticed that there is a way to get to Penance to, from Nakara. Mm-hmm. Um, like, that's one of the, like, worm holes. So that's good. So at Gabriel's camp, Clark shows up alone, but reveals that she has her people training guns on Captain Meredith. They've erected a giant fence around the anomaly stone. He tells her that her friends are on the penal planet, which is called Penance. So we now have three names for that planet. Beta, Skyring, and Penance. So those, all three of those names are the same planet. That is infuriating. He tells her that even more of his people are dead and about how Orlando killed himself after Hope, Gabriel, and Echo left. Oh god, okay. Um, and he has- I missed that part when we were watching, and really? I feel bad now. What about- well, whose suicide note did you think it was? I didn't realize it was a suicide note. Oh. I don't- I don't know- I was just- I must have been distracted by something. Yeah. I that Orlando was invented, was around for three episodes, and then died. Yeah. So, yeah, Orlando felt betrayed and killed himself, and Clark's like, you're lying. And he says that he has his suicide note, so he must also be lying. He also says that, um- he found the graves of his, like, five people and then also the body of Orlando, which means that Orlando buried them and then killed himself. Jesus. Yeah, that wouldn't make sense for him. He, he's yeah. a very methodical person. So the captain wants to give the suicide note to Clark, and she wants to take it. So he slowly leaves the fence to go and give it to her. He reminds her that he has been very, very nice, even though nine of his people are dead. And he also has a bunch of his own invisibles with guns on them. Has he been nice? I would say so. Yeah, I mean, okay. he hasn't, like, tried to kill anybody. So Meredith knows that Clark is willing to risk her own life, but not her friend's life. So if she shoots him, he tells his people to kill her friends. Yeah. So either she can answer his questions or wake up in the MCAP. And he says that either way, she'll serve the shepherd. So, okay. Okay, <laughs> like, uh, sure. Sure, buddy. Raven reveals that she's in one of the suits and all the people are killed. So Raven just killed eight more people. Oh my god! And she seems, like, pretty messed up about it. Uh, and then Clark just looks at her and, like, nods. Because not because Clark thinks that killing people to save your own people is chill. And I think we all know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah we, we've that's been a yeah. pretty Clark thing. Mm-hmm. So they head down to the Anomaly Stone, and Raven explains that she can choose one of the six planets, and the helmet tells her which buttons to press to go there. Okay. One of the planets is offline. It's the one that looks like the um, the eye or <laughs> the Death Star. And one of them is Sanctum, which is the one that has the um, the two moons. So that's the one that one of the ones that looks like the DNA. Okay. Yeah. So now we know one, two, three, four. We know four of the six of them, and one of them is offline. Um, so yeah. One is Penance and one is Bardo, and then one is Nakara and the other one is a mystery. Okay. The one that's offline is a mystery. Also, sorry, I'm trying to figure this out. This is really it's difficult. Okay. And we know one of them is Sanctum, right? Yeah, so we know, so there are six planets, six, Sanctum, Penance, Bardo, Nakara. Mm-hmm. Okay. One of them is offline and one of them we don't know anything about. So we're, we still don't know the names or anything about two of them. Yeah. But we know that one of them is offline. Okay, so Raven just chooses a planet, and it's absolutely not Skyring. She is, like, one of them has, like, rings all around it, mm-hmm. but she doesn't pick that one because she has no way of knowing, like, that that's, where, that she's that's where she's supposed to go. Clark says that none of them have to do this, and they have a choice. Wait, hang on, I have a question. Okay. Why are they supposed to go to Skyring? Is that where Bellamy is? Or that's They're trying, they, they, assume. they assume that that's where they are. But where is Bellamy, really? He's on Bardo. So they're still going to the wrong planet. 
Right. Gotcha. Either yeah, way, they're he's not going to be in the next episode. No. Either way, they're trying to get. They're trying to get to. Are they trying to get to Skyrim? Are they trying to get to Bardo? They're I think trying they're trying to get to, to, get to where Bellamy is, and they don't know which one that is. And like that's also now where Hope Echo and Gabriel are. Right. I don't. I think that if Bellamy is going to be in an episode in the ne- in the next two, it would be the next one because it's Bardo and not Nakara, which is the next one, which is the one afterward. Wait. So we don't see Clark and Raven and Bellamy in the next episode. We don't see them like, in the trailer. We don't see Clark and Raven. We don't see them in the trailer. Well, that's no fun. Oh. We literally just see Octavia, and then it's like all Sanctum stuff in the trailer. It's Murphy and Amori and Russell. Okay, so it could be that they're just hiding some things because of the new planet. Yeah, and also I'm disappointed because Murphy is in the Sanctum storyline, which is the storyline that uh, is the least interesting to is me. Is Jordan still in that storyline? No, no, Jordan's with Clark. Damn it. They had to send him with the interesting one. Here's the thing. The three characters that they send them with, first of all, Clark and Raven, and then Jordan, Miller, and Nyla. That's such a weird crew. I was like, I don't know if I, if, like, yeah, that's just, like, the weirdest choices. It's, it's quite odd. It's been a while since Nyla's done anything interesting, to be honest. <laughs> so I guess, like, I don't know. Are they going to give her something to do? I don't know. Either way. Is she going to find Octavia and kiss her? Yeah, that'd be great. They're literally running out of people because they keep killing their characters. Yeah. So this makes sense. Mm-hmm. So Clark is like, you don't have to do this. Like, you guys have a choice. Um, <laughs> it's really like, all right, B team, you're up. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> so um, Gaia says that she's going to go back because she's going to warn the others because other people are obviously going to show up because of all these people that are dead. And she's also going to go take care of Maddie. And Clark is very appreciative in like a really normal way. <laughs> <laughs> so they go through the anomaly. Um, however, Raven is the only one with a suit. So I don't know why anyone, like no one else has memory issues. Like, is it only when you come from somewhere else to Sanctum that you have memory issues. Right. Well, Hope didn't come in a suit when she came to Sanctum. Yeah, and so she had then she had memory issues. She yeah. couldn't remember anything. Okay. But now everyone else is going through the anomaly. Like, he- Echo, Hope, and Gabriel all have suits when they go to Bardo, so it's fine. Okay. But Raven's the only one who's in a suit. Like, they could have taken suits! They killed eight people! They could have all taken suits, but they didn't. Like, Raven's the only one wearing a suit, and then they go in, and then no one has memory issues. Oh, wait, so I'm like, like, huh? like, if they have memory issues, wouldn't that be interesting that Raven is the only one? That's a great plotline for Raven since she gets to be a leader. And then it was mainly like, no. Yeah, no. Then Jordan makes an Elvis reference. Shut up, Jordan. Like, who told him Elvis? I mean, like, was I... Was Monty an Elvis fan? Am I just supposed to, to assume this? Who's to say? So Gaia turns to leave, but then gets knocked out by someone. And this person starts turning off the anomaly stone. So I, so we assume that the one that is offline was because this is like the second one that they're getting to. Right. They're like turning them off one by one. Okay. So they drag Gaia with them into the anomaly, but I don't think to the same place as the others though, because she doesn't like pop out with them. Right. So I assume they're going to a different place. And the, the stone literally, like, turns off and it thumps to the ground, bro. Oh my god. Like, so it's who off. Who has it? What do you mean, it, who has Did what? Any, does anyone have that anomaly stone now, or is it just, it's like... It's massive! No, it's, like, huge. Like, this big. It, it oh, falls okay. to the ground and, like, in dirt. Like, yeah. it's... Like, it's, it's just... Like it's dead. It's just, like, a stone now. I'm so pissed that this is the final season of this show, because they keep doing interesting things, and it's like, well... You're not going to finish telling all of these stories by the end of this season. Yeah. So yeah, no one else can follow them now. Um, I have a theory about who this could be. Mm -hmm. The guy said that he was going to retrieve her friends, but he didn't. 
obviously Echo and Co. are not here, so I was thinking maybe one of them could be the person in the suit. Like, it'd be kind of a cool reveal, like, next episode for them to take off the, like, what if he took off the thing and it's Bellamy? Right. <laughs> oh my god. Like, like I, I have Bellamy a feeling, like, the reveal could be that, like, maybe we know this person. It sounded male, so, like, I was thinking maybe it could be Gabriel, but now I'm thinking maybe it could be Bellamy. I don't know. It's just so weird that if it is one of our friends, why would they turn off the stone? It's just, it's because, been... like, then you're stranding, mm-hmm. like, Jackson and yeah. Murphy and Amori. We, we assume that it's been, like, quite a long time on Bardo, though. And so, like, maybe they've been, I don't know... Brainwashed? Brainwashed or, like, whatever. And they're like, I don't know, Bellamy's a level 13 now or whatever. And that's why he's, like, been tasked with this. I just think it's funny that it's, like, it's been 10 years. Like, the people on Bardo were just, like, hanging out. And they're like, okay, hey, and stay there, Orlando. And then they go and they, like, have, like, their lunch. And they come back and they're just like, all right, let's go. You know, it's been 10 years. <laughs> so then lastly, it's revealed that the planet that they chose was not Penance and it's covered in ice. And the problem is that they can't just like go to the next place because they need an anomaly stone to go to another one. And they're like in the middle of nowhere. Is there an anomaly stone on each planet? Yes. Okay. Uh, so yeah, I- I- watching that last scene and then they like zoom out and they're just like in the middle of nowhere in like a blizzard and you're just like "Ooh, this is about to get good y'all are screwed yeah so that's that's the episode that's cool it was really fun i really enjoyed it a lot yeah once again if they're continuing on with this pattern next episode will not be very good but i'm hoping that it is (laughs) i'm hoping that for you me too I i think that in the trailer murphy's just getting beat up a lot what else is new so like, more than usual. <laughs> so, hopefully he's okay. I don't think they would kill him so early in the season, so I'm not, nah. like, super worried about it. Like, even if, if they do kill him at all. So, yeah. Now, set for segments. My first segment is the post-apocalyptic Sasquatch, which is our favorite line award. My favorite line award goes to Hope and Echo for... We should hunt him down. Is that how you make friends on the Ice Nation? Just Ice Nation. There's no that. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. And mine goes to Echo and Gabriel for... You're dead. I'm not dead. I'm invisible. You're dead. And that really hurt. It's really cute. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I also like really liked the moment where um, Echo, like Echo is so great this episode because there's one part where he's like, oh, I'm eating. And she's like, you're always eating. And then like when they're in the dinner thing and Gabriel accidentally says that like she was a terrorist or whatever. Yeah. And he's like, well, sorry, she, never mind. She was a freedom fighter, but that like wasn't as funny for my joke. And Echo's like, it wasn't <laughs> funny. Echo's like, it wasn't funny in the first place. Yeah. And I'm like, I love this banter you guys have. Gecko. Yeah. <laughs> That's a ship name though. Gecko. I, I, do I have a segment on this podcast? No. I don't. Um, I would like to adopt my Picard pod segment, which is. What is Sam shipping the most in this episode? Yeah. And uh, it's Hope Echo and Gabriel. Yeah, like, just as That a... OT3 mm-hmm. is just so chef's kiss. Yeah. And I'm here for it. More, please. Um, Brittany usually has a segment called Arcane and Abby Still Dead, which they are. Yeah. But um, we also got a SoundCloud comment from our friend Alice. It was genuinely funny. Who uh, suggested a new segment for you. Yes. So um, Alice wrote, in the style of your Picard pod, did anyone mention Janeway segment? I've been observing a, did anybody mention Marcus Kane segment? Because it sure is weird that none of the people who knew him for years had rich, complicated relationships with him, had even acknowledged his death on screen, let alone had any kind of emotional reaction to it. Are they trying to retroactively write him out of this show altogether? Just because the other characters have apparently forgotten this man who was an integral part of the show and many storylines for five and a half seasons doesn't mean I'm going to. It's getting about a bit creepy, to be honest. Did I just imagine this character? 
<laughs> Wasn't he their chancellor at one point? Wasn't he Indra's best friend? Didn't he have a whole storyline with Dioza and even named her daughter Hope? Wasn't he Octavia's, like, sworn nemesis only a season ago? Wasn't the actor's name really highly billed in the credits as a main character for six seasons out of seven seasons of this show? So, Brittany, I assume that you would like to change your segment, unless you want to, like, to, did anyone mention Marcus Kane? Um, I'm gonna... I'm gonna change it and combine them to mm-hmm. any did anyone mention Kane and Abby? Okay. Yeah. Um and the answer is no. No one did this episode, no. Um and also they're both still dead. Because Jackson wasn't here. <laughs> and he's the only one who does it now that now that it's buried. Right. Well, please. Murphy still feels guilt for Abby dying for that's some true. reason. That's the only reason I know that that's the only reason Murphy didn't go with them mm. is because they're like, Well, we've gotta keep Murphy with Russell to like make yeah. him have to kill him or something all the people who it's not gonna matter because it's not russell anymore it's like all the people who feel bad about abby say i okay you stay here (laughs) um how many episodes since the last murder sometimes it feels like this segment is moot for there were more cow's opinion yeah uh so yes yeah there was murder this episode yeah now it's time for our trailer reaction the only thing about i know about this trailer is that all the lexus stands went insane because a hand in the trailer looks like lexa and then everyone was like, it's Dioza, you idiots. And now they're all like, just like trying to figure out whether or not it's Lexa. And I'm like, I don't think anyone in the world loves us enough to get Lexa back. Right. But I can busy. hope. I can freaking hope. I want it. I know I'm not going to get it, but I want it. Like, if I can't have Kane and Abby, give me Klexa Endgame. Mm-hmm. Yes, I am annoying by saying things like that. But here's the thing. I don't care. Actually, oh, I've just one. been through a lot and I really liked Klexa and I would enjoy seeing that again. Three, two, one, play. What foolish little lambs you I'm are. not interested in Jade Hedda at all. I am interested in Octavia. The fact and that those helmet guys. The fact that the show keeps trying to push Shade Hedda constantly, I'm like, did you not learn from last season that no one cares about this plot line? Yeah. It's not like the flamer stuff where some people care and some people don't, and someone uh, like insists, no one cares about the flame, and I'm sitting here like, I, I do, do though? Yeah. Um, I just don't care for Shade Hedda. I don't, I don't think anybody did. I've never seen a single did. person give a, just even one shit about Shade Hedda. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. So going through what we've kind of got here, we have um, some of the... What are they called? I change their name every single time. They're like the Sanctumites, but they're the faithful is what they're called. I think that's them. And they're like holding candles probably for Russell, I assume. And then we get a transition to a bunch of like bones. bones. I don't know. Who's to say? Then we get Shade Hedda. We, this is the only shot (laughs) that matters. (laughs) It's the shot of Octavia clearly in the MCAP. Okay. However, like, Hope said that Octavia, like, uh, resisted it, and it didn't look like she was resisting it. Like, I wonder if we're gonna get more, like, mind space type stuff, Ooh. where she's, like, resisting it, but inside of her mind, maybe? I like that idea. That'd be kind of cool. Um, Murphy and Indra hanging out, a bunch of people in suits showing up, Murphy in the hospital wing, and he's basically just gonna speed up a lot. We, so Trey beats up Murphy a bunch, um, but then we also get, like, this guy in the background, that's Zev. He's Daniel's boyfriend who kissed Murphy at the end of last episode. Richard said at Unity Days that we were gonna see him again, so here he is. Neat. Um, Russell says kneel or die, and everybody's kneeling. (laughs) Shut up, Russell. Like, all right, I guess. This is when we get the shot of the hand with the blood drip. I, I don't know. That, some people think it's Lexa, some Mm -hmm. people don't. Then we get a shot of a little kid. Who are you? I do not know. Who's to say? Trey and the other 
faithful in front of a fire. Like, I don't know, are they burning witches maybe? Who's to say? We get Murphy, somebody turning around, and Murphy getting hit by stuff. I don't know. Uh, Classic Murphy. I think he's probably okay. I think he's probably okay, you guys. He's gonna take, like, one punch and then be fine. Yeah. He takes a punch, like, no problem. Yeah. He takes a punch like a champ. I don't mind if they kill Murphy this season. I don't want it to be this early, though. And I would like for it to be, like, at least a little bit heroic. Like, if they kill him in a garbage way, I'm gonna be really upset. And I'm gonna understand what you guys went through because Abby's death sucked, and so did Kane's. Yeah. yeah. When they die for nothing, it hurts even more. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Our music is Terminal by Good News Tunes. Please, if you are so inclined, write us a review on iTunes. We like those. And if you don't feel like writing a whole ass review, go ahead and just put those like little stars in. We'll take those. Um, like I said before, doing um, reviews and rating us really helps us like get up there in like the search results and stuff like that. But another great thing is just to recommend us to a friend. If you're a fan of Riverdale, we like to talk about that show too. We've covered uh, all the current seasons, so four seasons of it. And then we'll be doing five. And then inexplicably it was renewed for six before five aired. I'm excited. I don't know. I love that garbage show. You also, you don't have to watch Riverdale to listen to our podcast. A lot of people don't. Yeah. They just listen to it because we can dunk on it with such accuracy, Mm -hmm. I think. If you're a fan of Lost, we like to talk about that show, too. We did the first two seasons of Lost. Like I said before, they are spoiler-free. So if you want to watch along with us, you can. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Those are uh, posted monthly right now, and we're starting season three at the beginning of July. And I am thrilled. Season three is one of my favorite seasons, so. It's a good season. Mm -hmm. If you're a fan of Stranger Things, we like to talk about that show, too. We've done all of season one, and we're currently doing season two. They come out every eight weeks. Six. Every six weeks. (laughs) Uh... I lied to her for many, many times, so I understand saying eight, because I told her it was eight for a while, and it wasn't. (laughs) They come out every six weeks. It's a delight. Please check it out. If you're a fan of Star Trek Picard, we have a podcast about that. Um, It's like, right now we've covered season one of Picard, but we're going to do other Star Trek content. We just haven't decided which yet. We've got a roundtable coming out soon as well about season one. You can follow at The Aficionados on Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, Instagram, Redbubble, YouTube, Mostly Twitter, but I do post gifts of our favorite line awards on Tumblr, so please support me. Our Patreon is patreon.com slash theaficionados. If you have a spare dollar, we would really appreciate it because we have, like, five podcasts and those are expensive. Uh-huh. We also, if you don't want to do that, uh, we make art on shopdeluxe.com. So maybe hit that up if you want to. Yeah. I don't know. And then you can get something cool as well. It's in the description. You can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey. That's R-O-B-Y-N-E-J-E-F-F-R-E-Y pretty much everywhere. And you can follow me on Twitter at Britannia, which is B-R-I-T-T-A-N-I-A with an underscore at the end. You can follow me on Twitter at at Sam Casey, just S-A-M-C-A-S-E-Y-S. Uh, if you want to. You don't have to. The next episode is episode 705. It's called Welcome to Bardo. Real creative. Obviously, Clark and company are not on Bardo, so we'll definitely get to see, like, some Bardo content, which I'm excited about. If the Sanctum stuff could be the B storyline, I'd be thrilled. <laughs> Do you think we'll see Clark and company at all next week? I don't know. Maybe, like, one tiny clip at the beginning or at the end or something. But not for very long, I don't think, considering the episode afterward is supposed to be, like, all about them. Right. So, yeah. Okay, love you, bye! Okay, love you, bye! Okay, love you, bye. Okay, love you, bye.